Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. I think it's probably a year now since we've done a podcast, not together, because normally I do oh, yes. solo podcasts when I'm travelling. And we're and coming, up to our, been traveling. coming up to our one year anniversary of Luke being on a plane anywhere at all. Yes, that's um, true. Yeah, you came back at uh, the beginning of March yeah, last I think year. It, yeah, yeah, it was like mid, 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 mid March, mid yeah, February. I spent two weeks in New Zealand, yes. and that was the last time I uh, was away. And then, yeah, we've just been hanging mm. out together since then. Yes, it's been, a, been a long year. I mean, not a long year, but I mean a, a long, a long time for me without doing any uh, traveling or flying. Has it been okay dealing with me for twenty four seven? Yeah, we're basically? fine. We're fine. <laughs> it's it's not you and me. It's like it's 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 the lack uh, the lack of other people. I think is yeah. the, one of the issues here. Um, mm-hmm. Not that we're together. Anyway, uh, happy Valentine's. We were going to record this podcast yesterday because you finished this book yesterday. But then we were I like, did. let's uh, let's just have a nice meal and relax instead. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about it. Okay. This book. What is the book? The book is The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. Yes. Yes. Is that right? Yes. 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 The Raven Tower. Why were you looking? <laughs> is there something wrong? Oh, is there is there is this like a, in a book in a series? Is it? No, it's no. not. It's just no, a standalone just novel. The Raven Tower. I, I was just thinking the Raven's Tower. Or no, it's the Raven, Raven Tower. Tower. And yep. Lecky. All right. So I have an opening statement. Are you ready to hear my <gasps> opening statement? Please. Sequel fatigue. I've talked about sequel fatigue many times on the podcast over the years. Yes. And sequel fatigue is this thing which I, I think probably comes from my experience of reading the Dune novels. And you start off with Dune, <laughs> and then you go so Dune Messiah, and then you go Children of Dune, and then Chapter House Dune? No, I can't remember. No, God Emperor of Dune, and Chapter House... And, and, and you, you just get... You keep going on, you're like, ah, there's diminishing returns for mm. each one of these books. And uh, and yeah, sequel fatigue. It's just one of those things that you're you're getting you're get like as the reader, you're not getting what you experienced and liked about the first book. Right. And often this comes down to not always, but often this comes down to uh, the authors. Um, Putting actually, no, in the best in the first book. Well, no, it's not even that. Again, I was just about to assign motivations or reasons to the <laughs> author's mind. What I, what it comes down, what it feels like it comes down to, is the author has established a world that people like, and they've established characters that the people yes. like. Yes. And they have told the story that they want to tell. Maybe in the first book, or yep. that's where the interest in they, you know, especially if it's their first novel, they put loads of stuff in there, and then the next novel, and then the next novel, and what they can keep doing. And, and I know weirdly, it's, I, I don't want to say this too much because dune doesn't do this there's actually like big skips forward in time and you're like oh those previous characters well they're all dead now and we've got this with like a thousand years later oh, okay. and you know the the whole planet has changed and the ecology has changed stuff so yeah. dune isn't the best thing for that but sequel fatigue it always feels like ah right this is this is this didn't start off as a series of books this started off as a novel and then it became a trilogy and yeah. then it became a sequel and a sequel and a sequel like that so sequel yeah. fatigue and, i must uh, i yeah, want to inter- like not interrupt here but i want to add something i think there are two subforms. I think there's hypo and hyper fatigue mm-hmm. in this sense. Like you Carry can, on. I'm yeah. enjoying this where this is going. <laughs> there are two things and this is what I keep getting from your from you know from our conversation yeah. about it. There's an we really like book one. Yeah. Then book two comes out. Yeah. And this is I think hyper Yeah. We get too much of the same that we already read. Yeah. And the opposite is hypo What's where that? You have the first book, yeah, and then you really want to spend like more of what of this 
oh, I don't know, with the characters oh, you or, or spend of the story with, yeah. or something. And, and it you goes don't off get into it. Something it else, goes yeah. to someone totally different. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind that. Like, again, if you, if I, if the, if the, if, Okay, well, let's go deep into this, a bit more deeper into this. For me, in the same one, like, I don't want just more of the same. Yes. I also do want more of the same. Exactly. But the thing that I want <laughs> that was so appealing of the first book isn't that it is the same as anything else. Yeah. What I liked about the first book in, say, the... Uh, I, I made some examples, Broken Earth. What I loved about the Broken Earth story is that there was, like, these three different... Uh, the, the, no, what was it called? The Fifth Season, which is the first book in the Broken Earth. Yes, which is N.K. Simmons... Uh, N.K. Jemison. Jemison, yes. Uh, N.K. who? <laughs> <laughs> names um, and uh, it was three different characters that you're following the story one was told as in the first person one was told in the second yeah. person one was told in the third person yeah. one was a crazy pirate adventure one was sort of like this bleak post-apocalyptic thing and one was yeah. growing up in a in a wizard school you know yeah. you, you had these three threads and they, they referenced each other and bound mm -hmm. together and things like that and as you get to the end of the book it's all combined together and then the, the, what I liked about that was it was new I'd never read a story quite like it before yeah. with this interplay of different viewpoints and mm -hmm. just the world building was great the magic was great the, yeah. the young person in a wizard school was great you know all that kind of like young people with superpowers pirate adventures pirate sex <laughs> advantage I, I'm all into it you know all of that was good and then the second book was like ah actually well all of those have come together we can't tell any more stories in the past let's just now carry on in this post-apocalyptic dredgery and the third book well let's just carry on in that post-apocalyptic dredgery for a third book in so a row so they continued in the in the, I wouldn't say wrong, but in the in the thing that you just taken by itself. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't interested enjoyable. particularly yeah, yeah. in the character who was in the post-apocalyptic dreariness. In all the three entangled. Things. Yeah, I was in. I, what interested me was the brain exercises that I had mm -hmm. to do to navigate through a story where mm -hmm. there's three viewpoints. One of them's told in the first person. One of them. Again, it's only because yes. this this book that we're going to review today is told in the second person. That that I think that's how it worked in that book yes. as well. Um, but we can we can literally go to a series by Anne Leckie. Well, exactly what I was saying. Same thing with Ancillary Justice. It yes. starts off and you're like, oh, cool spaceship, mind split up into lots of people. Yeah. And then one of those people is an ancillary and that's the only thing that's left the spaceship. So they are one part of the spaceship, but also the entirety of the spaceship yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is all great adventure, pronouns. Everyone uses female pronouns. So it's all this weird kind of stuff. And then the second book is like, now that same character is having tea. And then the third book is like, and now that same character on a space station uprising. And I'm like, ah, actually, what I wasn't particularly interested in that specific character. What I'm interested in was the world building, the spaceships and stuff. Same with Nine Fox Gambit. You're starting off with like crazy battles and crazy magic and crazy weird person with someone else in their head, something yeah. weird, yeah. Um, all that other kind of stuff. And the second book was like, and then they were like, oh, it's not actually Nine Fox Gambit. It's not about, you know, like a, a crazy gambit of, yeah. uh, of, a, of a battle plan or as a weird thing. It's now called The Machine of the Empire. And now it's like, who is on the throne and who is... Yeah. In control. I was like, ah, right, that was actually politics and power. Yeah, and the characters, interesting characters, supported by crazy storytelling and all that kind of stuff. And I made a, I made a note here of another one as well. Oh yeah, also Two Like the Lightning by Ada Palmer, which is a book that you bounced off hard. But Absolutely. I was like, this is great. All this crazy stuff in. There's like these. Oh, so you this know, is also a series. Yeah, it's like four books, and I read oh. the first three. And mm. by the time I got to like the end of the third book, I'm like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like it wasn't that sequel fatigue had kicked in. It's like, oh, what I enjoyed about this was there was so many crazy crazy ideas just thrown at me in the first book and then the second book was like ramped it up and yeah. the third book was like 
holding pattern more of the same. Yeah. And so what I want from an author is what they gave. I want more of what they gave me in the first book. But what I want, what I want them to have given me is crazy brain something whatever like yes. that i want that crazy brain feeling that yes. they're throwing me in the deep end with a book and like all right i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna aim for something crazy here a bit like in like a bit like the um although this wasn't the first book but it was a standalone novel it wasn't the first book in a series but um but the uh, the light brigade uh, mm. by cameron hurley yeah she had also done that with the with the novel with her um like these people in the space adventure where everything's made out of insects but they're not insects they're actually all the same <laughs> species yeah people give birth to spaceship parts and then link crazy crazy yes. book and yeah. i was like oh wow like, i'm uh, this is a kind of story and a kind of world building but i would never be interested in reading another book set on that same spaceship because i'm mm. like no what i enjoyed was getting to know how the space worked where people give birth to different parts of it or whatever you know yeah all of that craziness i want a book which allows me a glimpse into a crazy world yes or a crazy narrative device or a crazy narrative device or storytelling technique combined with crazy world building and crazy characters or a big reveal or something no, like that it doesn't that. need to be crazy it just needs to be new no, and no, it helps creative. if it's crazy yes if, if they're giving me something crazy in the first book what i want in the second book is something d d equally as crazy but so often that they've done they've 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 shot the crazy load in the first book yeah. and if they try and add another layer of crazy onto the same world building you're like oh no the first book made sense the 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 logic of the world building yeah. was revealed with the twist or the reveal in the you know the story twist or where the final reveal of that and if you then go oh and it turns out behind that conspiracy was this even broader conspiracy and you're like ah no mm. that actually diminishes the first conspiracy because it shows that they weren't all in control and it and it sort of like oh so that person wasn't the main bad guy that defeated there was actually yeah. other stuff going on there yeah. you know the, the any reveal in the second story which is as crazy as the first or anything that develops in the second one has to be like reveal more foundations that were there in the first book that make more sense of this and I think that's why I really enjoyed the uh, you know the um, salvation uh, sequence the yes. salvation trilogy um, by Peter F. Hamilton and the reason I like that because he was hinting at future reveals that were yes. going to take place in the second and third books and yeah. when they got there you're like yes that's paid exactly. off something that's been all the it way felt through like that. it felt like a cohesive yeah uh trilogy it didn't feel like oh i start a first novel yeah. and then oh it, it's the demand is really high or yeah. people are praising it really yeah, yeah. well so it i'm just the gonna go award let's yeah. let's turn out another one let's let's put in something else in the same thing that people want but sometimes you know what sometimes you just want a novel which yeah. is which you enjoy as a novel yeah or if there's another novel, and this is what Ian and Banks did so well in yeah. the in the uh, in the culture series, is like here's a novel in the yeah. in the culture, um, something something special circumstances, go here, contact whatever, yeah. and then like next story, all right, two hundred years later yeah. in a different part of the solar yeah. system with different yeah. aliens with a different part, yeah. and there's still that framework of world building we explore out in a different direction. Mm -hmm. He hit a great he had a great role there by not being attached to any character. Yes, it was more like and now we're going to explore life and death and the afterlife over the course of three novels with three different sets of characters and going in three different directions yes i love it that's exactly i'll eat that yeah. kind of stuff up or yeah. here's now a, here's now two different stories told from the point of view of the other side of yes. the thing or here's someone there's a story from this point of view of the enemies of the culture you know yeah that's a great I think way of so doing often it. it feels like um authors are 
less staying on the path that they were on, but then they get influenced by the outside and think yeah they know well here's the thing they fall in love with the characters yes they think people i think nk jemison thinks that i liked the world building of one third of the broken earth trilogy maybe she did she did as well maybe here's the thing i enjoyed the combination of three different yes. world buildings yes. in there the one which is the wizard school the one which is the pirate yeah. sex adventures and the other one which is the post-apocalyptic that is really difficult to continue it's very difficult to continue and you can't continue that i yeah. mean it could be continued but either then it'll just be a replay of those of three settings yeah. or you're going to continue it and push it in a different direction yeah. she was massively critically and commercially successful by doing what she did yeah. it doesn't suit me here's the thing let's talk now about and lecky i look back through here now i go to episode lists on sfbrp.com click on episode list you can see what i rated every single book we're up to episode 446 i think at the moment you just need to look over and you will see what episode no because i already on. sorted that oh, I, I sorted it. it so the top number is not at the top here okay. and lecky i gave ancillary justice number one i gave it 3.5 stars pretty good number two 3.5 stars number three four stars so that's interestingly that i actually gave the third book a higher rating but there. I think if I remember, I always like in the third book of a trilogy, I'll always kind of like that's influenced by how it well it pays off the entire series, yes. you know. Uh, and then she did Provenance, which I gave one star because Provenance was a big was one is one of the most disappointing biggest piles of garbage. Because I'm like, wow, you had this. It's like what I was saying before, a trunk novel. Do you have a trunk novel? You know, <laughs> like a, a novel which you like after you get famous as a oh you got a novel which you worked on like before you you have it in, in before the, it like yeah in the drawer somewhere and you get it out and you go mm, I wrote this when I was 17 years old. Is so like is it is it more than uh, 70,000 words long? You're like yes. It's like, great, we will buy it. Do you want to do editing on it? I don't really have time. Okay, don't worry, I'm not going to edit it. Out it goes and you get provenance or whatever. Fucking shit book, garbage book, one star. Good job nobody's listening to this. Why? You're saying all that. What? You know, sometimes authors. the stuff that this, you put this in This podcast your is not is for good. authors. This podcast is not for publishers. This podcast is not for people who want to write, become writers themselves. <laughs> this is a science fiction book review podcast. I'm reviewing my, and this is all based on my own subjective opinion of books. Anyway, and Lucky, uh, you were like, hey, new novel came out by here. Was it recommended to you? I can't remember. How, yes, what, I, I, I saw it somewhere mentioned uh, on the Goodreads uh, episode. No, yeah. uh, not episode feedback. On the uh, books book yeah. recommendation yeah. Uh, thread yeah thread. Yeah. yeah it was mentioned there somehow oh cool that's good and lucky standalone fantasy novel by someone who's early trilogy i gave high marks to three and a half to four stars good yeah. Uh, yeah. above average luke enjoys it four stars is a good recommendation is what i'd say here and i'm i mean i picked it up i mean i i looked it up first yeah yeah this is your choice it's not like i'm very much interested in in fantasy novels in general i don't read that many fantasy novels no. because often it's just a bit like yeah okay magic magic okay yeah. magic explains everything um but this sounded interesting also it got mentioned that part of this book is written in second person no all of the book is written in second person oh no no yes you're right all of the book is written from one point of view yes half of the book is, is written, written in, in second, second person, person. yes you're i right. was very inclined because i kind of enjoyed these writing exercises yes and the reading experience let me just interrupt to say yeah, this yeah. felt very much like a writing exercise or a writing experiment mm -hmm. it's like oh can i do a whole novel where half of it is in second person and i'm like good attempt i'm not sure if it i really appreciate the attempt because what it was doing was something interesting narratively 
because it was like an outside observer second person not an internal in you the 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 external observer was never inside the brain of the person often when it's things that's told in second person it's like you're doing this with an omniscient viewpoint yes and but what i want to put in here a big but because oh, yeah. it in lots of like there things yeah. here yeah. you know we have here gods and magic and yeah, all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff um the whole well, like it was it omniscient or not no no that's the thing uh, uh, it's exactly it isn't omniscient so it, it would say you had a look on your face which i didn't me as the the uh, the uh, omniscient Uh, like I can see everything, but yes. I don't know everything. What's that? Uh, whichever way, whatever word I'm saying is that you could, this person can observe or this, this entity can observe everything that's happening around, yes. but doesn't know everything that's but happening. But also I think there's a third level. Yeah. It can, um, it can uh, project stuff that yeah. is going to happen, but it doesn't particularly know how people are going to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that in this case, it's a, it was for me, it was an interesting use of second person narrative where it was saying you, you had a weird look on your face and I didn't understand what that weird look was, yeah. which I thought was very interesting. However, I did feel it was quite distancing because yeah. so, uh, often like, I'm like, well, what are they thinking? And they're like, oh, I'm the outside observer. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm like, oh, but I'm used to novels where you either told from the first person and yeah. someone is telling you what they're thinking may be true or not, maybe reliable unreliable or it's a third yes. person omniscient where you can peer inside their brain and say oh he thought this he thought that or yes. something like but and in me, this case it was like you're thinking something i'm not quite yes, sure but to me this made this so nice i yeah. really enjoyed that yeah. because they they only observed and like thought like hmm, now you're looking weird i don't quite know why yeah mm. I'm like, I enjoyed it as a writing exercise, but it actually made it more difficult for me to get to know our main character, or one of our two main characters. Yes, I think that was the whole Aolo, point of it. Yes, we we never got a good look inside his head. Like it's it's no. a it's a, a really interesting distancing device. And again, I found that also very interesting. Yes. But also kind of unsatisfying and there was a tension between I'm enjoying the writing exerciseiness of this yeah. but also I kind of want to know what Aeolo is thinking now yeah. and we don't because we're not we're not quite close enough to know what he's thinking but that's definitely what I like about this like there are these two parallel lines yeah and there was these there's um God you, and human and God and human. Yeah. And they, you're, you're always they, a little too far. I was always a little, I always felt like I was one step removed from one of our main characters. And the other one I couldn't get to know because they're a literal God. You know, they're one of the ancient ones. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the main human character, we're only seeing what they do. And there's lots of other stuff going on. I'm like, but yeah. this is omniscient. Why are you only telling me about what's happening now with this one person? If you can see what they're doing, you should be able to see what everybody else is doing. You know all the answers to all these questions. Just tell me it and it's like oh no but we're on i'm only telling you what you're knowing so it felt like there was like three or four layers between me the narrator uh, me and the narrator who knew exactly what was going on because they're omni visual now what's i keep saying omniscient but i think omniscient what is it omnipresent they're everywhere that's it, it. so omnipresent it, means you're everywhere but omniscient means you know everything yes, but they're not really everywhere no but they're there enough, are limitations they're enough of they're in enough places to be able to tell everything that happens within the raven tower yes. and the city around it but also they can only tell from their standpoint exactly so they, but they their standpoint is everywhere how. yes but they only can like it's like i can 
Sure. I, if there's a cat, yeah, I can see what the cat is doing. I yeah. can see it climbing up the stuff. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on in the head yes, of a cat. Yes, I know. And as a reader, I want sometimes wanted to be a little bit close to what was going on inside the head of some of the characters. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Not... It was a frustrating. <laughs> it was an interesting and intriguing and entertaining yet frustrating reading experience to read a novel at this second person, non-omniscient uh, uh, viewpoint. That's what I'm saying. To me, we have to move on. We can't do another no, ten minutes I, about I, this. Uh... Yes. All right, go ahead. But I just want to bring across yeah. that I really think that this narrative style really got across all the atmosphere, all the things that the author wanted to tell us about. Yes. Everything. And some of that was frustrating. I I I agree sure. I agree with you. To it me was, it was it was I felt it was really you was, there was well. never a moment where you were like, "Oh, it would be really great to know what's going on inside Hiolo's head now, and I'm not being told that, and I'm fine with that." There was never a time when you were like, "Oh, in a normal novel, I'd now be seeing what that person is thinking or doing or what the, a little bit more about their motivation." No. 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 Oh, okay. That's interesting. You never had that experience throughout the whole book. No. Oh, I had it I had it at numerous points. And okay. That's what that's what hit I mean, me a bit. Um of course, I wanted to know more. Yeah. But that was the whole, like, yeah, that was okay. all the... It was the a pr- very private person. Tickling, like, the the exciting thing, the exciting thing about this. All right, let's, we haven't talked at all about the world building. We said it's fantasy. And we've mentioned that one of the yes. uh, the, the viewpoint narrator is a god. Okay. Yes. So thousands and thousands and thousands and millions, I don't know, years ago, yeah. uh, an asteroid hit Earth. And the asteroid is was a god? Ha, it contained a god? Is a god? I don't yeah, know. I like contain, that. Like, um, yeah. Because in this world, lots of different things can be gods. And there's this, you know, the very, very well-worn path of the more, um, the more a god is praised or the more worshippers or more adherence a god has the more powerful they are uh coming down to the literal idea of like the more that they sacrifice to me or pray to me the more powerful i am and uh but also the different categories of gods yeah you you can't do that to a certain if you do that to a certain kind of god it doesn't do anything the the magic system works around that gods can't say anything that's untrue and if they do say something that's untrue their power is used up to try and manifest that as true so if a if a god just says oh that person's got food poisoning that's actually really easy for a god to decide whereas if you can say uh the, the god says everyone in the world now can it turns into birds and flies away that takes a lot of power that's changing yeah. reality in a big way yes and um yeah and the the idea being that every god has a certain amount of power mm-hmm. and can communicate with other gods and humans can communicate them with by casting lots and flipping stones and tarot cards and or, some gods can speak or some gods can just speak you know like yeah. that and there's lots of gods around and each city has a few gods each country has a few gods each forest is like the forest is the silent ones with the god there's the raven tower which is the god is one of the ravens uh, yes. you've got the the dog in the other city in the yeah. enemy city and so there's this whole and you got oh the most important you didn't What's mention that? Uh, the myriad. Oh yeah, the myriad is a oh, yeah. is a, 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 a flock of no, not flock, a, no, swarm, of a mosquitoes. swarm of mosquitoes. I and, like that so uh, much. Yeah, so one of the main. So the, the 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 backstory is told in these alternating chapters between like current story with Aeolo, who's a main human character, and then the god goes like through time to kind of say you know what they've been doing for the past millions years then the past (laughs) few thousand years then the past few hundred years then the past few dozen years and then up until the last few years you know these different stories you're kind of filled in throughout the 
book and the God story is revealed throughout and, and uh, you know, who the God is or where the God is and what the God is doing and how the God can see inside the Raven Tower and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and the full backstory there. Oh, I just knocked my microphone stand. And so, yeah, that's the setup. And meanwhile, the God in the Raven Tower, the Raven God requires a human sacrifice every time the current Raven dies. The human sacrifice is, caught, is the leader of the city where the Raven Tower is. And that's kind of like you, you get to be the leader for as long as a raven lives and ravens live quite a long time like yeah. 40 50 years i don't i never actually looked up how long yeah. ravens live and um and they're called the raven's lease yeah the lease and now i was wondering does that have a connection the word and uh, like yeah if you lease I mean, a you home lease some, you, yeah, you're, we, you're we lease a car it. no we actually bought the car yeah, we, we, we leased a car from, we leased a car and then you have a lease is something that you you pay to use and yeah. then at the end you don't don't even own it you, you own have it. to give it back yes. so okay. the, the raven's lease so you're is, leasing your life yeah well i think the raven is leasing the use of a human as their as their spokesperson and as their uh, puppet as a, or as their person that is going to be doing it representative and at the end yeah. of the period of lease the lease is That's paid it. off with a human sacrifice yes. and then they name their heir before they die they they kill themselves and then the next heir or the next person becomes the next uh, the next raven's lease yes. and the book starts off with aeolo who is the uh, manservant uh, accompanying what do they call her the assistant you know yeah. per- personal assistant to yeah. the prince <laughs> who's out in the field and he's like the heir. ah the uh, lease is heir. yeah the lease is heir yeah, yeah the lease is there they're like oh you the, the raven died you've got to get home and uh, and take over from your but father. But he he's literally on the battlefield yeah, on the doing battlefield. important battlefield things. So he goes back home and the story is when he gets there, dum-dum-dum-dum, the evil uncle has taken <gasps> over instead. And they're like, oh yeah, your father just disappeared. He's like, oh, my father's not going to disappear. disappear. He, he should kill himself. That's the best thing. And so the rest of the story is played out from... Aeolo's point of view, but not from Aeolo's point of view, from the god's point of view, looking at Aeolo, following Aeolo yes. and his story as he does lots of investigating and trying to work out what's happening and and the and that and his his master sits around and tries to it's work whiny. out what's going on, is all whiny. <laughs> and Aeolo is a bit whiny as well. And he goes up with lots of other whiny people trying to work it out, and lots of very incompetent politicians, and then also investigating how the gods work and what the god is and where the ravens yeah. got to and where the the silent and what's ones up with to, all these... Yeah. And that's yeah. the story, really. It plays out. Yeah. I don't need to say anything more about that. Yeah. Did you enjoy the story? I did. I thought, first of all, it was entertaining. Yeah. And I think that is always a very important factor in the book. And I was entertained. I was entertained by uh, the story. Sometimes it was a bit too much. Uh, like, there were... I mean, there was a map at the beginning of the book. And oh, I'm really? Glad. I don't have I, a map. I, yeah, you, I, I audiobook. listen to the audiobook. There's not going to be a map description yeah. at the beginning. So there was a map. And that was important for me because yeah. it's one of those times, again, where you have two cities that are divided by, um, a, bit by, of water by between, a bit of water. Yeah. And the, the bit of water is where it gets closer. It's a bit like, you know, Gibraltar and like it, oh, there's I a was, straight... I always thought of it as like um, uh, like Dover and Calais, kind of oh, yeah. those two. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. closer no, together no. than that, but yeah. Similar. A bit like that. Yeah. And there's a shoulder sea and you have to get yeah. through the, the strait there. And the cities, one is called Vastai. Yeah. And the other That's is where most called, of the action happens. Yeah. Most, yeah. And the other is called Advaskia. Advaskia. And every time I read this word, <laughs> I stumbled across it. Because like, you know, when, when you're reading a book, you're you're like reading. Yeah, there's a flow. There's a there's flow. There's a to flow. It. Yeah. You're not reading individual letters. Yeah. But every time I ca- it came to the city, I couldn't like just read over it because yeah. every time it was like, Advaskia. Uh, v- 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 
Wusst. Ja, du wusst ja. Wusst ja. It was never re a smooth reading experiment. It didn't work for me. Okay, but aside from that one name, the story, yes. you're into it. Yes, I did. Um, but sometimes it was a little bit much with, uh, okay, where are we now? Are we now in this city or in this city? Or yeah, because the, the as you go backwards and, and forwards in time. That was a bit confusing yeah it was a bit confusing because you're like oh i thought this i thought this st rock which is the god which is a stone yeah you're like oh i thought this was in this city oh no it's oh yeah. back then they were in the other city well yeah. how did you get this massive rock between the two cities and then yes. you like find out how they got the rock between the two cities you're yeah all like, oh, right okay so where is it now yeah there was yeah. a bit of that i don't understand yes. that but yeah. i actually really enjoyed that because all the time you're like omniscient like how omniscient or like how powerful is this god and it's not revealed like what the limits of the power is or you know how much this Uh, this goes through um i was always thinking we never really knew um when well, we, we mainly knew of two really powerful gods or maybe three that were introduced well over time the gods became more and less powerful yes yeah. and, and i never knew really who was doing all this yeah like i was thinking okay maybe this god that we are with okay i just want to say i don't want to go too far down here because this is literally what the story is this yes. is where we get really into spoiler territory of which gods are actually in control and which are powerful that's what the book is about yes, so but i was just sometimes a bit confused and that, it was the mystery what i'm trying to say is you were right to be confused because that is what the book is about okay the ambiguity you are It, the intention, as far as I can tell, the intention of the author is for you to be confused in that way because the reveal of the book answers those questions when you get to the end of the book. So any ambiguity up until that point is intentional. That's not a writing flaw. Yeah. It might have, you might have found it that frustrating. Yes. I never found that frustrating because I was yes. like, as soon as we got into it, I'm like, oh, different gods. And I was like, ah, right, now I can see what it is. And the big, some of those reveals of like, oh, which god is here? Which god are they talking to? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I found satisfying. But because I realized what that was about, it was really, really annoying to me that we got deep into that second half of the book and the characters in the book were still like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, you, like all of the characters in this book are so stupid. They're like so stupid. I'm like, how can you not? You live here. You're living here. You're so stupid. And then I was like, oh. Actually, a god is telling me this story. Yeah, like, it's I'm, obvious. This is way it, less <laughs> ambiguous for me than it may be for the people experiencing the story. But for me, that that's the, there was some of the frustration in the story. I think was we just, just experienced the frustration of the god. Well, I don't know. It's but again, I never saw inside the minds of any of these yes. human characters, yeah. and they were, there was these whole things about characters having conversations with each other. I'm like, him, he's the traitor. He's the, the, this is the what, just him. Like, why are you all listening to, why are you believing? He's obviously lying. Like, the, this person is lying to you right now. Just call him on his bluff. Just call him on his bluff. Call him on his bluff. And then like eight pages later, the main characters are like, hmm, I think we should call this person on his bluff. So I'm like, yeah, and I'm like throwing my hands up. <laughs> Finally, thank you. Oh my goodness. But again, it's difficult for me to yeah. like know. Again, is that a frustration for me as a reader? Is it like a miscalibrated story? It's not that I didn't enjoy it, but it was like, for me, there were some things in this book where I'm like, I got to it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But a lot of it was like, yeah, right. Finally, thanks for finally telling me what you've been hinting at. On a ride and it goes no, no, up it and down like, again, and crazy and, and, and there was, again there was plenty in this book which yeah. I enjoyed and was clever enough to satisfy me intellectually. Yes, but the people in this book 
yeah. were so stupid. Like so many of the people in this book oh, were yeah. so stupid. Oh, yeah. I was like, is nobody competent in this book? Yes. However, I like in a way I liked that because these are people who it reminds me of working on cruise ships where I'm like like people acting like people who've paid like thousands and thousands of dollars <sighs> yes. to be on a cruise ship. And I'm like, guy, how look, all you have to do is walk down this walkway, turn left at the bottom, present a card, and then just keep walking. And like 50% of the people can't do it without instructions. I'm like, no, it feels like they, what they did is they took their brain yeah. and put it in the passport box. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, how did any of you earn enough? How did any of you live your life up into this point to earn enough money to be able to come here? And it's not, I'm not talking about old people. I'm just talking about anyone. It's like, yeah, they, were, they put their brains in holiday mode. Yeah. And it turns out when you live in a city where like you Everything, never, you never have to take care of stuff. Yeah, you never have to worry about what's what you're going to eat because you just pray to the God and give it yeah. offerings and it gives it. You never have to worry about you know, disease yeah. or every, fire, you know, all these, kind, all these examples that they're talking about in yeah. the book. You're like, Oh, everybody in this crew should be like as idiots because everything is just taken care of by the gods. Yeah. And this is the first time that they've actually been tested. And I was like, oh, maybe this is maybe a post. Um, what am I trying to say? Like a post scarcity. We're not post scarcity. We're like some kind of like everyone's, if, everyone's if living on a cruise ship. robots would take care of everything else. Yeah, it actually did feel like a bit of those like, uh, you know, Asimov robots or, yeah. uh, you know, Wally, you know, in that one yeah. where everyone's walking and going, oh, I don't know what's going on. What's happening over here? Oh, is there, oh, is there like life threatening things going on? Oh, I don't know. It gets like that. So again, some <laughs> of it was, some of it worked out thematically. I can look yeah. at my uh, list here as well. Yeah. Um, oh, um, I made a note and we, I talked about this right at the start because right at the start of the novel, I'd got like four chapters in. It was all or three chapters in or whatever. Yeah. It was all being told in first person. I said to you, I fell asleep listening to the book. Yeah. And then when I was kind of in my dreams about the book, <laughs> I carried on with the story, but just kind of made it up as I went along. Yeah. And what had happened was they turned into like a, a Dungeons and Dragons role playing game kind of thing. <laughs> and the book was the um, game master or dungeon master. Yeah. And the, the second person narrative is actually what happens when you're DMing. You yes. know, like I say, you're, you walk into a room, you do this, you do that, you see there's this, this chest, the, on there's the left, this here, this is to the what north. do you do? Yes. And you say, oh, I'm going to do this. And it's sort of like, okay, you pull out your sword, you hit the tree with the sword or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, I poke the, the tree with the sword. I poke like the, the magic tree. <laughs> And, um, and expect nothing uh, to happen. And you get attacked and by the course, magic yeah. tree, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that happened to me. And then what I kind of slept on that, thought about it, woke up the next day. And then that was was in my head. That was the story that was in my head. And I yeah. said to you, I'm like, I'm really confused because I think the main reveal in this book is that it's actually all just a big D Dungeons and Dragons game, role playing game. <laughs> and that you as the dungeon master are the god. The god in the book is the dungeon. Of course, this is not what it went. But I was so it felt made it made so much sense to me that at the end of the story, the big reveal was that it's actually all the author of the book is the dungeon master yeah. and and aolo is a player character of somebody yeah, else and it, yeah, yeah. nothing to do with that but i no. made a note of that just so it was it's quite an interesting it, in other experience. words paraphrasing this this is a good book to get fun fun dreams out of yeah that you can just like read and then your brain goes on maybe. an exploration it was, uh, maybe thing. not specifically this book it just happened to me and i thought i made it because that was the that was the second person narrative yeah. i made another note okay which was um Oh, no. I, another thing that I mentioned to you, these, these are notes that I made that I mentioned to you as I went through. I said there's a massive Hobbit reference coming up. Did you get the Hobbit reference in the book? I don't think so. Okay. So what happens is anyone listening to this will find this interesting. 
someone is in a dark cavern, like really, really dark, and they fall over on the ground. Oh, it's when they, yes. And they're like, okay. oh, there's this I thing on the so, ground. Yeah. And they're like, well, let me just grab that. I don't know what it is. I'm just grabbing it. And then they kind of roll off to the side and someone else comes down. They're like, hmm, they didn't see me. I didn't even show <laughs> They came past with a torch and I was, I must have just been slightly in the... And I must it, have been in a really good place. I must have been in a really good place. Yeah. Just that. And then they went past and they're like, oh, they didn't see me on the way out either. And, but, and then I walk out. But and, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I picked up the Hobbit reference the moment he fell on the floor, scrambled around, noticed something on his hand and gripped it in his hand. I'm like, are they, are they just doing the Hobbit? I mean, I literally, like almost out loud, I paused it and was like, are we doing the Hobbit? And then that's that next section page that someone walks past and doesn't see them. And I was like, we're just doing the Hobbit. But it was yes. like, it was that moment where it was such a clear reference, sort yeah. of like, put your hand down. Oh, there's something, some weird lump on the ground. I'll just, I just grab that. Grab like, I just grab it, hold, hold, hold on to it. it for no reason. Like, yeah. narratively, this is exactly the Hobbit. And then, of course, somebody has an invisibility cloak. No, an invisibility ring, whatever it is. Thing, um, amulet. Like a, yeah. These are the God-spoken, these are the God-spoken um, items. Uh, items, yeah. Where we get, you get these um, apocryphal stories. Yeah. A story I've heard, this is how the gods always tell stories, because they, if they tell a story which is lies, then they have to make expend, it happen. They yeah. have to expend uh, power, their power, to make sure that story has happened in the past or something. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Know. So they always say, "Here's a story that I heard," and then they tell the real story as though it's fiction, because then if they make any mistakes with memory or anything like that, they don't have to do it. Here's a story that I heard. Yeah. So these, yeah. these God spoken items with these magic items, and yeah. they're they're all they're all rabbit lucky rabbit foots or whatever. It is. Yes. No monkey's paws, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you ask for something like, "Oh, this is a great thing. You can throw the spear." What is the story? You throw the spear, and it, for one once every day, it always lands on target, a deadly th- on target. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can I have that spear back? <laughs> and they're like, oh, here you go. And you're like, come on. The yeah. gods come. But this is one of the main ways of god loss in the world. Like yeah. these gods die over time yeah. due to going, just, oh, I'm going to make a magic object. And yes. then that comes back and bites them in the yeah. ass and stuff yeah. like that. So this they, magic they make They were just wrong decisions yeah, as they got themselves. They make two deadly weapons that backfire on them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, or they catch themselves in logical traps and have to expend all their energy, like getting themselves out of like... Can a god create a stone to... No, is it? Can an omnipotent god create a stone too heavy for the god to lift itself? Yes. Something like yeah. that. Um, so anyway, yes, that was a... I must admit, the, the, the Hobbit, we're doing, a, we're doing a magic invisibility ring. The reveal came very quick. It was literally like two pages later, like, oh, yeah. invisibility. All yes. right. Okay, let's do, the, let's do the invisibility section of the story yeah. now, yeah. which I, I quite mean, enjoyed. If you do fantasy, there, are, there will be recurring things because this is part of fantasy novels right yeah there is then magic there's spells yeah, there's great. things that things that do stuff yeah so, but what i liked about this book this is a very magic magic systemy kind of book you know yeah like brian and sanderson were talking a bit b- about him before like he has these very rigorous almost scientific forms of magic yeah where every magic has a resource that it uses up or a cost that instills like there's no it's not yeah. like lords of the rings magic where someone says oh this person's just very magical and you're like oh great how magical very and yeah. they can just do things by but what i whatever. like about this book yeah. is that it is very it's very I wouldn't say clear, but it's not like they're diff- all like as in in the Hobbit. They're all these different, different mm. characteristical persons. Yeah, yeah. Here it's very clear. There's humans, humans and there's all kinds all of all kinds of gods. Yeah, there's crazy difficult. 
power There's level little, yeah, little, little neighborhood gods, gods little little yeah. big massive old ancient gods yeah. um local gods the house gods gods a- alien gods that's the thing with this one i was always thinking well if they came as an asteroid that hit as <gasps> a meteorite god. like is yeah. that is their power coming from like millions Somewhere. of years worth of praise <gasps> like the, somewhere elsewhere the, the pre precursor technology yeah pre- it's totally totally precursor yeah. technology i mean yeah. unlucky as uh, well maybe not unlucky but th- this is the kind of thing that you uh, yeah. uh, that you can get in this kind of uh, fantasy series yeah. and science fiction has lots of precursor stuff okay there's one big thing that i want to mention okay. and it's not a spoiler it's not nothing like it's a very uh, is it it's not a spoiler language, language thing is it a slowly revealed fact about the main character aolo no okay go for it so I also want to when talk about I read that. this book, yeah, um, as a, a non-English native speaking person, yeah, I really enjoyed the language. Yes, the language, like I read somewhere else, somebody said Shakespearean, and no, and so I, I'm not particularly well read in Shakespeare. I'm well read in John Dowland lyrics. Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of a different level because it is all within this time yeah. that they were writing stuff but you but showed this... me you showed me some of this uh, an extract from the book and you're like what's going on here and i'm like great alliteration crazy word choice yeah the the, the writing style is yes, really great so i, I have two two um citations here are you gonna read them or am i gonna read them do you want to read this? No, no, I was just saying, like, because you said you're not a native English speaker and whatever like that. So just go for yeah, it. Let's see if I can bring this across nicely. Okay. The room was low ceilinged yeah. and dimly lit. Yeah. The windows across the far wall were shuttered. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that amazing? It's a this God is speaking. Really this is good. a God speaking to us. It's so good. And then... A high-backed chair with embroidered cushions, red and blue, yellow, sat facing the door and beside it sat a small wooden table inlaid with ivory and gold. Yeah. Woolen hangings covered the unwindowed walls. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, here the we woolen, go. That was the thing, the woolen, the woolen things, the woolen, windows. Woolen hangings covered the unwindowed un- wall. walls, yeah. which means... Stuff was hanging on blank walls. Yes, and Un- unwindowed walls. And the so thing is, this... when it said before, sort of like the low ceilinged, you're yeah, like, okay, low ceilinged. Low ceilinged. Low and you're ceilinged? like, okay, that's interesting. But when they get down to like later on in the paragraph, are like unwindowed, unwindowed. you're like, so all I right, looked up... this is someone having a lot of fun yes, with this kind exactly. of language. Yeah. And and so I looked up if like there's normally you have um, these kind of words, normalization, nominalization. Yeah. Yeah, you take a verb and make it a noun. Yeah. And in this case, you take a noun and yeah. maybe, maybe an adjective. No, but this is actually a negatively adjectified noun because it's um, unwindowed. Un- unwindowed. But yes, but yes. It, is, it is a noun made yes. into an adjective. Yeah. And, and that is just nothing that you do in our times. Nobody speaks like yeah. that. Nobody says the... Um, it made it made for a fun reading experience and a fun listening experience for me because those those uh, those sentences would kind of yeah. roll off and I'd be like oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. it kind of felt like almost an iambic t- pentameter kind of thing like a pentameter yeah. so where you go like and it felt by doing so yeah it made everything feel rich like it's heightened everything felt heightened yes when yes. you say and a, a, a wool coverings hanging on an unwindowed no, wall, woolen hangings. Oh yeah, yeah, woolen, <laughs> woolen hangings 
covering an unwindowed wall. You're like, okay, that is rich yeah. in terms of visual, like what yes. you're looking at there, but yes. also it's great language. It yeah. kind of makes you feel, it's yeah, like you say, not, Shake- not quite Shakespearean, but like certainly old timey in a way, which is like yeah, very great. descriptive in yeah. a way. But very um, no, but the descriptions flowerful. doing double works. The yes. descriptions do the, the the words are doing describing the yes. the, the words are describing the location. The word choice and the way it's used is also, setting a tone. Yes, you know. exactly. So. You can also really just say there's a blank wall and it had curtains hanging on it, and that that is just a, a very um, what what's the word? It's it's very. Um, uh, not blank it's a minimalist yeah like if you just describe a thing yeah but if you describe it like that that's not minimalist at all it's, it's the opposite floral, of floral yeah. it's like florid florid it's flowery yeah flowery yeah all right that's cool um, yeah so i like i really enjoyed that i want to talk about our main character aeolo again well there's a, a major part one of the things that i liked about and use of um of, of gender pronouns and things like that in yeah. ancillary justice yeah is we're like okay Nobody is going to be called him. Everyone is her, she, yeah. hers. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so there mm. was that kind of like gender dimension was focused on by its removal. Like any kind yeah. of person that you saw or met, you'd be like, oh, that, that could that be a love interest? Oh, I don't know. Like there's all of that kind of stuff. Now, this book was doing something related, similar and yet disconnected and not the same thing at all, yes. but kind of playing in the same space yeah. by having a character where you're like, I was like, oh, there's this ambiguous relationship between this manservant character, Aeolo, yeah. yeah. and his master and then the nominal love interest or sort of like the person who's meant to be courting that person uh, oh sorry courting the the uh the lisa's uh, heir um mawat mawat yes yeah. and then his maybe love interest they have a conversation and she's sort of like oh maybe you're the kind of person that he likes and they're like oh are you wink, jealous wink. of are you jealous of me and i'm like ah oh, is this kind of like a bisexual like is mawat bisexual or is this other person and but it and it's slowly revealed that the main character is trans it's a it's a biologically female uh woman passing as a male and no not passing what do you mean he's a man yeah what i mean to say passing is there's a conversation in the book about how you pass in society as a uh as a uh, as as a male, how you pa- like yeah. passing as a male if you're like cross dressing in drag, trans, or all that kind of stuff. What I'm saying is pass. This is a, a term that I learned. Uh, one of the first weird thing, not weird things. One of the first exposures that the internet gave me to sort of like uh, any of this kind of culture, you mm. know, was or lifestyle was me as a juggler, and I was looking at how to pass clubs. You know, like uh, uh, club passing. Yeah, and then I was like typing into pre-Google search engines ball passing because I wanted to know about passing balls. Yeah, and the only way, the only thing that I had anything to do with with balls, like ball passing, yeah. was about throwing balls to somebody else and juggling them. And yeah. I discovered discovered an entire area of the internet where it was uh, people trying to pass as either they were the male trying to pass as female or female trying to pass as male yeah. again back before all the different pronouns and different ways of talking about this this is all here and so it was when you typed in ball and passing it was about how men would strap their balls up to be able to pass as women you know and like wear women's costumes and stuff like that was that 
Tucking. Yeah, tucking or whatever. You know, I can't remember. This was this yeah. was literally in, in 1996. The yes. internet was very early. Of Search course. engines weren't really great at this kind of thing. Yes. Um, I don't even, can't even remember why it was, but I was like, oh, passing, oh, passing. You're passing as the opposite sex or whatever, that kind yeah. of thing. So this is a society where there is uh, an understanding that this happens mm. to the point that at the start of the book and I didn't and I was and I was struggling I was like what am I picking up on here where one of the one of the, the main characters are sort of like oh and you need somewhere to stay and they're sort of like and the and this is this this uh, this second person narrative was sort of like and then the the matron looked at you and went hmm and tipped her head to the side and was like I'm going to give you this voucher instead. And then when you got to the, and then when you got to the uh, room, you're like, oh no, you're not staying with all the, in the, in the dormitory with all the men. You've got your own room by yourself. And I was like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then it's sort of like, as, as you get into the book, you're like, oh, right. No. Okay. I get it. Uh, yeah. There was this weird thing. And I was sort of like, ah, oh, there's something's happening. Like some social stuff is happening, but the distance that the second person narrative was never talking about that. No. And and I found that a really interesting space to play in yes. where it's an accepted part of that society that actually a lot of these characters, or, uh, n- none of the characters in the book, you actually don't know what biological gender they are because they're, you know, sex or, again, however you want to use this terminology because this terminology isn't used in the book and isn't discussed no. in the book. No. But the, the fact is that that, well, in fact, there was one time in the book where sort of like, oh, yeah, my aunt was actually, you know, grew up a man in the first 20 years and then uh, transitioned over to being a woman and then yeah. lived out the rest of her life as a she. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of stuff. It is discussed a little bit. And but what just, I like about this yeah. is the way that it this is just treated in this society. Of course, it causes a little bit of surprise, yeah. even in the society yeah. at some points. But how, what I like about it is that it's not a big deal. It's just something that's being mentioned, and I got reminded a lot. Mm. In yeah, no, carry on, carry on. I'm just saying yes. Uh, it, it, carry on, yes. I think in the nineties. I was just 90s, taking a drink, so I didn't respond in the same way. In the nineties, there was a an Italian um, TV show called something Princess Fantagira or something. Yeah. And I think I, if I remember correctly, she did this kind of hiding her gender in this society and stuff yeah and i got reminded a little bit of that because it um it plays within this realm of who can be a strong soldier who can be an intelligent strategic clever it's a bit mulan Mm, yes i'll make a man out of you or whatever it is well no, oh, okay. in the sense, in the sense that <laughs> not that sorry. <laughs> no, not 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 like this. Because yeah. in these things, women are forced to disguise themselves. Uh, yeah, and there's pass. no forcing in this there's book. No it's a choice. Yes, it is. Right. It is a choice, and they obviously, Aolo is a man, and he sees himself as a man. He doesn't enter uh, a like a temple just for women. Yeah, and uh, like so, there is this very clear thing. Okay. This person is a man. Full stop. Yes. And I like that. And it's it's good. And it's uh, it's written in because of it because of it is because it is written in the second person, it is written in this very gentle way. Yeah. This is my this is what I put, held, wanted to hold my finger up in when I was just having a drink. I was like, mm, this is what I want to touch on. Yeah. Because for me, it's you say, oh, it's not a big deal made of it. The story uses that mm. as a way to to 
keep like bring back to this ambiguity of the yeah. second person narrator. Yes. Like if there was if the only thing that was ambiguous was the story or the motivations, yeah. that would actually be weaker where there's this added layer of ambiguity about the gender identity or whatever it is of not just that character but once that's revealed and there's other characters floating around you're yeah. like oh who of these other characters does the god also not see the gender and not of no and, and not care not know and not care because they're yeah. a god what do they care about what the genders the they only humans. only that sometimes when they're like and that person looked at you weirdly and then gave you a single room in the hostel you're like yeah okay oh, oh right mm. okay that's probably an easier way for someone just to make that easier for somebody else like oh no don't you don't go over there and and later on where you like we're talking about okay i have a a major complaint about this book oh that is the narration of this book oh the audiobook oh the audiobook yeah the audiobook oh no um yeah we've got 50 52 minutes now i can wrap this up pretty quickly there are some books where the narration really brings a book to life and you can like it's really handy because they do different character work and do different accents or whatever like that yeah and it's great i really just like full cast books where there's like different people doing different performances yeah all, all great, but what? Re- no, no, sorry, I don't like that at all. But it's this. This book isn't that. Excuse me, I'm burping now. Okay. Um, what this book does is have a hyper acting uh, narrator. Let me just find the name oh. of the of the of the okay. book. Okay. Uh, of the um, Ajoa Ando does too much with these characters. Oh no! For example. Uh, Aolo, yeah. who is someone who is trans, might have a higher voice than uh, or a softer you know, voice. Or, or yeah. a softer voice. No, absolutely not a softer voice. Oh. A higher, more whiny, annoying voice. Like oh, 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 oh. oh. oh I would have thought maybe Mawad would talk like that. No. Mawad is just a guy or whatever like this. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is that every single thing hmm. every single word that aolo spoke in the book i had to translate into a different voice which wasn't annoying yeah for me not to find aolo annoying ah. and it's really difficult they said they oh you speak in this accent which is sort of like disarmingly country bumpkin whatever yeah. like that yeah and the narrator does that but layered on top of that is this kind of like uh um, I don't know. Voice hasn't probably broken, and, and it just came off as annoying and whiny. Yeah. And I've mentioned this before. I think it was an N.K. Jemison book. I can't remember what it was. Maybe not N.K. Jemison. I was just trying to look for it here, but I can't find it. Yeah. And it was about this book where there's like this, you know, eight thousand year old god in the in the the body of a child. Yes. And I always, oh yeah, it's the seventh season. Was that? Isn't that the seventh season? No, the fifth. There's fifth, oh, season. fifth season. No, it isn't the fifth season. It's a different book. Is it? It was a different book oh, than okay. that. It was a book where I only. I'm not sure if it was N.K. Jemison because again, I just looked for it here and I couldn't find okay. it. But yeah, it was a. It was a book I only read the first in the end of trilogy. But there was this character who was this thousand, ten, ten thousand year old god in the body of an eight year old boy or whatever like that. Yeah. And I and I think in my review I said I expected this to be like the kid in um the sixth sense who is sort of like this person with like a lot of weight on his shoulders yeah. and when he talks he's all like oh yeah like like calm but earnest calm and earnest yeah. eight-year-old yeah and it wasn't played like this it was anakin skywalker in the phantom menace and so like ah gee pod racing ah gee wow where where, where, where like this and i'm like wow this is and and yeah. i i think i even played a bit of that on the podcast yeah. it was so preposterous the voice of an eight thousand year old god inside an eight-year-old kid because they're like oh, i'm gonna do my overly excited american um sitcom character <laughs> eight-year-old kid voice um. and it 
and I, I was having to do so much filtering to filter out yeah. the, 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 the miss in my head miscast or misattempted accent and performance of a main character in a book yeah. and despite that i enjoyed this book but it was a constant it was a constant source of aggravation for me yeah, that like literally totally one of the that. two main characters and i think had a voice which was annoying in almost intent it felt intentionally like bludgeoning me over the head of the fact that this person's yeah. voice probably wasn't just a young like man's voice it was a, a, a trans man, trans man's voice. I don't know. Yeah, even but again. even I always like I read the book. Yeah. And for me, it was always like a gentle, really calm this was thinking. Th- the whatever, opposite like, of gentle. And and I in, in this kind of case, I, I think um, audiobook narrations have to. They have to be a transportation vehicle. Yeah. And they can't make, in a sense, in, in a way, they can't really make artistic choices like that. Because if they do, they make these choices for everyone, everyone that yeah. listens to them. But here's the thing. Some some narrators some will make a choice and I'll be like, perfect choice. Yes, yes. that's you're hitting it there. Great. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. Going great. Yeah. Like, and, uh, I'd rather and, have it uh, just yeah. a little bit less and more like just plain... Yeah talking i don't want it com- to be a completely plain reading because then no. you have yeah, then, then you then have the a... issue of uh what is his will wheaton reading john scalzi books which makes me want to punch myself in the face because it's just so plain like no voices no yeah. characters no yeah. nothing two people can be having then a long conversation opposite. and you're and just you're like, in this who is now talking? ambiguous world but you have to wait to the end and said said john something yes. something 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 said phil something 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 said sally and you're like wow sally i thought that was john speaking for the entire <laughs> length of the sentence until we got to the end and then they found out there was uh, sally saying and not yeah. Tom or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a level to hit, and I, I, unfortunately, this wasn't it wasn't a good it, it wasn't a good match. Most okay. of the book was great, except for unfortunately the, the main, voice of the main character. Yeah. Um, That's it, which I, is also weird. Yeah, because oh yeah, then I guess it was only when they were speaking in like when they were actually speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it was, it was only when the main character opened their mouth, mouth and said yeah. something. Yeah, where again the country bumpkin voice, great. But it was the pitch and yeah. the and the exclamation, like the whiny, like this again. I can't even do an impression of it because it just it felt so wrong to me. Yeah. All right, no, let's I wrap it up. Fifty-seven minutes on the book. Let's give it a rating. Okay. We'll finish up before the hour is out. Yeah. Go rate. Go. Um, five. Four. Well, I said I was going to say five stars. Out of five stars, you're giving it four stars. Four stars. Okay. I would say for me, not quite four stars, but close it's getting it was it was approaching a four-star book for me okay so that means you're giving it 3.75 no because once we average them out that's going to be really annoying because <laughs> then they'd have to find a, a midway point just said we'd that. find a midway point between an odd and an even number and i'm not okay, sure what to say so that. you do 3.5 and we give it then 3.75 i think 3.75 is good is a good wrap-up because again uh, well, actually, maybe four stars, but no, not really, because again. But now you need to step away from the audiobook. Yeah, and my enjoyment you... of the book was again. It's one of those things that, like, if this had been knocked out the park, I'd be like, "Great, four and a half stars," you yeah. know. But the story wasn't quite strong enough. I was, I always felt like I was a bit too far ahead of the story. The story was satisfying, but the people in it were a bit too dumb for me to always be waiting for them to catch up. Yeah. So that was a bit annoying. The audiobook narration was a bit annoying, but again, I can't hold that against the book, but no. it did influence my enjoyment of mm. it. And uh, yeah, and just the, I, I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed the attempt at the, um, 
experimentalness of the, with the with these different issues that we're talking about with the uh, with the trans character main character the the ambiguous second person narration and all the stuff that involved in that I enjoyed somebody attempting all of that maybe a bit more than I enjoyed the execution of it okay. because there's lots of people who can attempt something like that and blow me away with it in a way which I'm like yes full marks like the light brigade like yeah. nine fox gambit someone yeah. can swing for something oh, like yeah, that it's not, crazy it's not and, not this and it, level and but it doesn't hit it out the park so of, I'd say, of all the fantasy books i've read in my life it's a pretty it's, it's, it's pretty good it's good it's above average it. yeah. all right let's give it 3.75 yes together between together. the two of us 3.75 sounds good to me all right um you can uh what's your next read my Do next you know? read yeah i already have it here let me what go back it? to Goodreads. Um, it's a book that was mentioned on the Incomparable podcast. They, they did a book club about it. And I listened to the first five minutes of the podcast. They said, there's two books. There's two debut novels that came out last year, which I really enjoyed. One was, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was. A, yeah. a memory called Empire. By oh, yeah. Someone, Arkady something? Yeah. Martin? Arkady Martinez? Martin Arkady? Someone like that. Yeah, so um, <laughs> oh, so and they said, and also this book, which is The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. And I'm about uh, a quarter of the way into it already as an audiobook. Okay. And I'm enjoying it mostly. Mostly? Okay. Again, certainly someone who's trying something new or trying trying something out, which I, I'm enjoying. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that they're going to get too bogged down in... It's, it's, a, it's an alternative universe switching between different worlds. And I enjoy the setup of it. And now we seem to be bogged down in one of the worlds. And I'm like, I don't care about this specific world. I care about how these worlds interact and how you travel between them. Um, space between worlds. And that's what I'm listening to at the moment. How about you? What are you reading next? Okay, I, I just got from the library because yeah. it's handy to get a book recommended by yeah. Goodreads listeners. Um, and it being in the library app, yeah. so I can borrow it there. It's called Illumine. The Illumine files underscore zero one by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. Okay. And I have not really uh, an idea what it is. Oh, you just started um, it. But I, I'm going to see if I can get into it. Well, you read that book. Yeah. And we'll do a podcast about it in a few yeah. weeks. And I'll do this book and I'll read this book and we'll do a podcast about it in a few days. And uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll report back. You can email okay. us at luke at juggler.net with any book recommendations. You yeah. can become supportive of ours, uh, of ours on patreon.com, mm -hmm. patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. And there's lots of different uh, ways to support us there. All of them include giving us money. Um, but in return, you get... Uh, you could... Recommend you get a thanks. Book to me. Thank you very much to all our patient supporters. Yes. That's what you get. Uh, oh yeah. Also, you can recommend a book to us. someone just two days ago supported us at a, a twenty-five dollar level, <gasps> oh, and so wow. I sent them a message saying, nice. "I sent them What's a message the saying, you get to pick the topic." Oh, I haven't replied yet oh, because okay. it could be a juggler and they get to pick a topic of a juggling podcast oh, okay. or they could be an SFVRP listener <laughs> I mean, and they get to suggest a book that we read. Again, we, we're never going to be held to anybody no, specifically requesting one book. to then go for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much to all our Patreon supporters. We're up to about 250 euros a month, which is very, <gasps> wow, very handy. That's so amazing. It is. It's so crazy. There's a support from the juggling world and also science fiction book review podcast thank listeners. Thank you guys so much. Really makes a huge 
huge big difference to it's us it's so amazing um, thankfully the Brandenburg state government here in Germany is continuing to sort of chuck some money my way and on the a, German government uh, yeah, yeah yeah the German government on a and an every other month kind of basis so we are get pretty much getting by with that and yeah. uh, but the Patreon support is huge is a huge big difference again yeah. only 250 275 euros a month or whatever we're up to now uh, but that does make a huge difference in just I don't see it as only out. this is amazing no it's not people only that I'm just saying that generous amount to people they don't even that, know that amount sometimes. that amount is a big thing um, so yes thank you very thank much you. and also yeah you can follow us on Twitter we're and Burge. Goodreads and Goodreads yes and become our friends on Goodreads there's some good good responses on the uh, goodreads.com uh, SFBRP listener group where you can there's a book there's a suggest, there's a thread called books I would like to see reviewed people are trying to get me to read Stephen Baxter and they're like hey this book by Stephen Baxter and um, Terry Pratchett there's a they wrote a book together and I looked it up and it's only got like a a, a 3.4 rating on Goodreads and I'm like okay. mm, need more convincing not yeah. sure but again like three people asked for it so maybe I'll get to that okay. one okay um, yeah and also episode feedback some people are enjoying the new microphones again Set thank up. you very much to the uh, the Brandenburg State Government for giving me some money for an artistic project where we could uh, also benefit for that with the better quality microphones yes well that's it from us we've been going on for one hour th- and four minutes now all right thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye <laughs>